One of the reasons I love my work is that it's very goal-oriented. And when I'm working with someone for the very first time, I always want to know what their goal for our time together is so I can serve as a guide that coaches them from where they are to where they want to be. And I say guide because I'm not telling people what to do. When I work, I am getting them to identify exactly what it is that they want and articulate it. And my job is to get them from point A to point B. It's so fun and so fulfilling. Sometimes I'll get answers like, I want to cope better with my stress, or I want to feel calmer and in better control of my life. I want to feel less rushed, less anxious, less tense, less pressured. I want to feel more present with the people that I love and care about. But you know what's very interesting? I'm noticing a common theme that has been coming up with the women I work with. And these are usually women who have poured so much into their families, their relationships, their careers, their businesses, and many of the other responsibilities that they have in their lives. And they'll say something that sounds like, I miss the old me, or I want my old self back. It's a recurring theme that I'm seeing. These women are usually high achievers and big givers. So in this episode, I'll be sharing how I guide these women to discovering or rediscovering the version of themselves they miss so desperately, or most times this is a version of themselves they never even knew existed. Welcome to Happy Without Medicine, and I'm your host, Dr. Yuandi, a medical doctor, therapist, and a fierce advocate for your happiness. My mission here is simple, to help professional women just like you create a life you're excited to wake up to. It's time to make the happiness you feel on the inside match the success others see on the outside. Let's get started. Show me a highly accomplished woman and I'll show you a woman who has poured her heart and her soul into her work. And the natural tendency is if you are an overachiever, if you're an overachiever in your career, you're most likely an overachiever in all areas of your life. (laughs) Does this ring true for you? Whether you work in corporate or you are in a service industry like healthcare or whether you started and you run your own business, being successful takes work. And I know that you are not a stranger to work. I mean, take my industry, for example, medicine. Becoming a physician is delayed gratification at its finest. Many times we stop doing all the things that we love to do because we're so focused on the goal of, first of all, getting into medical school and then getting through medical school and then matching to a residency program of your choice and then being the best physician that we can be. And on top of that, of course, life continues, right? If you've had kids, you're putting your body. And by the way, this is whether you've birthed your kids or not, because God knows that it takes work raising kids. I mean, chasing them around and keeping up with grown children. I mean, it all takes physical and emotional work. 
who was it that said that having kids is like having your heart walking outside of your body? It's so, so true. It takes a ton of work to be successful professionally, and it takes a ton of work to be successful personally. And I know that you, girl, you have put in the work. So although, yes, yes, I am here to give you credit. I am here to hand you the flowers you rightly deserve. I'm also here to call you out just a little bit. I mean, I see you. I see that you've given and you've given and you've given to everyone else. You've given to your spouse, your kids, your parents, your patients, but you have completely forgotten to give to the most important person, you, the person that holds the wheel together. You're the spoke. You're the glue you keep it all together and you've forgotten to give to yourself. You've stopped spending time with yourself and so you don't even recognize yourself anymore. You stop taking care of yourself and so internally you're mean and it's affecting your mental health. And externally, you stop paying attention to your body and to your physical health. I mean, let me ask you this. When was the last time you enjoyed your own company? Or do you find yourself constantly distracting yourself from yourself? If you are like one of my several clients who says, you know, Dr. Yuandi, I miss me. I'm going to give you a few tips that you can use to help rediscover and fall in love with yourself again. I like to say that sometimes when we feel depressed, it's our mind and body's way of saying, girl, enough is enough. Things need to change and they need to change fast. So let's go on to the practical part of this episode. I'm going to share five things that you can start doing today to help you fall in love with you again. Number one, rekindle your most important relationship and that is your relationship with you. It's going to take some adjustment here, specifically adjusting the expectations that you have of yourself. It's going to take being kind, being compassionate, being empathetic. I mean, I know that you are the type of person that when a friend comes to you with help, you are the first to be empathetic, to be kind, to be compassionate. So you need to reflect that and treat yourself the same way you would treat someone that you love and care about. You are your biggest critic, you're your biggest judge, and you've set your expectations ridiculously too high. They're way too high, and you're killing yourself over things that honestly might not even matter. I had a client actually just earlier today, and she was saying how stressed she feels, particularly in the mornings, getting ready to see her patients. Um, She was saying that she has a bit of performance anxiety because she wants to give them the best. She works with kids, and she wants to give them the most up-to-date, most evidence-based treatment. And all of that was causing her to feel stressed and pressured. It was causing her to feel inadequate because she felt like she couldn't stay on top of all the latest research. And this was on top of major health transitions and life transitions that she was experiencing. And so I asked her, I asked her what she thought the kids needed the most from her. And she went on to say that she, they just wanted to feel safe. They wanted to have fun and they wanted to feel excited about their treatment so that they could stay compliant with their treatment. She said herself that 
They did not care that she was coming to them with the freshest, hot off the press, most evidence-based topics and treatment. I mean, this woman is an excellent clinician and she was stressing herself over things that didn't actually matter in the long run. These high expectations honestly can end up backfiring because what ends up happening is that you are so stressed and so focused on the wrong things. Um, You're so really trying hard to get everything perfect and it's impacting your most important relationships. And like I said, the relationship with yourself being the top priority. So going on to number two, It's time to acknowledge how amazing you are and it's time to start seeing yourself the way others see you. Many high achieving women have a tendency to exaggerate and blow up and focus on their shortcomings and end up really minimizing and shrinking their greatness and their accomplishments. So one thing that I love to do is I love to get my patients and my clients to send a letter to their closest relationships, their closest friends. So this could be a family member, it could be a coworker, someone who is going to be kind, but honest at the same time. And I get them to ask for their strengths. You know, I get them to send a text or an email. So this is not a phone call or a a face-to-face conversation because the idea is to, first of all, keep the record of these replies and also to be able to identify themes and themes often do come up. So asking them, hey, what are some of my best qualities? What do you value me for? Um, What are my strengths? And yes, I know you are tempted to ask for weaknesses, but that is not the point. Please do not ask for weaknesses. We're only focusing on strengths, okay? And so it's something that you can do too. Just draft an email, send it to your about five to 10 people and get them to reply to you on the things that they value you for, what your strengths are and the things that they like to come to you for. And I want you to start to see yourself the way other people see you. It's so, so, so important because I bet you that your perception of yourself is actually quite skewed more to the negative. Let's bring it back to what's more real and what's more true. So number three is start setting boundaries. And I know (laughs) this can be a really tough one. You're probably cringing at the word boundaries, right? But I know that for, especially if you identify as nice or giving, it's time to start setting those boundaries, okay? They're really important because as human beings, we have a fundamental need for respect. We have a fundamental need for our dignity to be recognized. But the problem is that if we don't train people to respect us, they never will. They want to, I mean, they, may, they might not want to, but the natural tendency is for people to take advantage. So they end up taking advantage of your time. They end up taking advantage of your niceness. <laughs> the funny part is that when you start to set boundaries, people will love you and respect you for it. Maybe not right away, but eventually they will. And most importantly, you will love and you will respect yourself for it too. There was a client I worked with a couple of months ago and she said that when she told her manager no about a project, get this, her manager actually said that she, quote, I respect you for saying no and that she was actually happy that she was protecting her time. Whether it's your kids, 
whether it's your extended family members, your church members, whether it is your colleagues, your boss, coworkers, you need to set your boundaries because the truth is that if you don't respect your own time, no one else will. And speaking of fundamental human needs, number four, the fourth tip that I want to share with you is you need to honor your physiological needs. And what do I mean by that? You need to rest. So sleep, getting adequate sleep. You need to move your body. So exercising at least 30 minutes a day. You need to eat nutritious meals and snacks. You need to stay hydrated and you need to nurture your social connections. Even if you're an introvert like me who thinks that, you know, you're okay without social events and that, it's all lies. It's all lies. Truthfully, you don't know what you're missing until things actually get really bad and you're you're sad, you feel lonely, and that's what we're trying to avoid. Nurturing healthy social connections is a fundamental physiological need. It's good for your mind. It's good for your body. It's good for everything. Other things that may not necessarily be physiological, but these are self-care things that will boost your mood, it's important to engage in those as well. So things like getting your nails done, things like getting your hair done, (laughs) things like dusting off your epilator and going at those legs that have accumulated all that winter growth. Yeah, TMI, I know, but I'm talking to myself here too. So there you go. Or whether it's getting a facial, do something that makes you appreciate yourself. You need to establish routines and habits because honestly, whether it's getting enough sleep, whether it's exercising, these things aren't just going to happen by themselves. You need to recreate systems and rhythms and habits that will help you support these things that you need to engage in because whether you feel rested When you look your best, when you feel your best, when you're exercised and blood is flowing to your brain and, you know, all different parts of your body and you're getting stronger and more agile, you honestly start to remember how amazing of a person you are. And finally, tip number five, explore your hobbies, explore your interests. And this might mean reconnecting with old hobbies or rediscovering new ones by exploring things outside of your career and exploring things outside of your home life. And so, yes, maybe the past couple of years has been dedicated to professional development, or maybe you've taken parenting books and parenting courses and all of that. It's time to start exploring things that aren't related to any of that, something that you're doing for you. So whether it's picking up a language or whether it's dancing or sewing or knitting or whether like me, it's entrepreneurship, right? I remember when I first started dating my husband. So he's an architect by training. And there would be times when we would spend time together in the evenings after his work and he would bring his work with him. Maybe I would read a book and he would roll up his sleeves of his button down shirt pull out his pencil and start sketching. And I would look at him so admiringly and with such, you know, adoration and be like, wow, you're so creative. And then I would go on to say something like, oh, I don't have a creative bone in my body. Uh, But the truth is that when I became an entrepreneur, when I started to create content on social media and I got into graphics and design, 
it was like I unlocked this part of my brain that I never even knew existed, right? So I have designed journals, I have designed posts, I've created blogs, even this podcast, you know, it's a part of me that I never knew existed. And so when you start to explore interests outside of your regular career and just your responsibilities, you never, never know where it's going to lead to. And so to summarize the three tips that I've shared today to help you reconnect with yourself, fall in love with yourself again, are one, rekindling that relationship, getting to know yourself once again, be kind to yourself, speak to yourself in a way that is loving, acknowledging how amazing you are and starting to see yourself, how others see you. And I shared an exercise you could do by sending a letter to people that you trust, people who will be kind and honest to give you the feedback on your strengths, give you the feedback on the things they value about you. And the tendency might be to ask for professional strengths. Again, that is not what we're talking about. We're talking about the things that make you you. What do they love about you? I talked about protecting your time and energy by setting boundaries. I talked about honoring your physiological needs and doing things that make you feel good about yourself. And I also talked about exploring interests and hobbies outside of your regular responsibilities. So to end with a quote, there's something that I love to say, which is sometimes depression can be the mother of reinvention. And what that means is that, yes, depression can be a chemical imbalance and it can be a really debilitating diagnosis. But for those of us who feel depressed and don't really meet criteria for a clinical diagnosis, it can be an indication that we've veered off what is true to ourselves. We veered off the version of ourselves that is the most authentic and it's time to reinvent and rediscover ourselves. And that's it for me today. Remember, remember, and never forget that I stay fiercely advocating for your happiness. Until next time. Thank you for joining me, Dr. Yuan Day, on the Happy Without Medicine podcast this week. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate it if you could give it a review on Apple Podcast because it helps Happy Without Medicine pop up when other women are searching for ways to find their happiness again. And visit happywithoutmedicine.com to view the complete show notes and other resources mentioned in today's episode. I'll catch you next time.